You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 222. Today's episode is all about 10 lessons that will cause your breakthrough in 2019. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mind Your Business Podcast. You are amazing. Happy Monday. Are you ready for another incredible, awesome week? I know it's the holidays. The holidays are here, fast approaching. It has gotten crazy. I'm recording this the day before our Team Wedmore holiday party. It's the third annual Team Wedmore Christmas party, which I am so excited about. So excited about because one of the things that I do every year, we've, I don't know if we like invented this or heard it somewhere and then modified our own version of it, but here's what I do. We invite the whole team. They come to the house and we do this thing where I buy all these presents and I wrap them and they have no idea what's in them. And then we give them a bunch of monopoly money and they have to bid on each and every gift, but they have no idea what's inside of them. And here's the fun part is that some of the items are crap. Like it's like a brick or like a rock. And then other items are like a big screen TV. <laughs> but but it's like I've hidden the shapes, you know? So like I wouldn't wrap the TV like that because then you'd know it's a TV. So I, I spend all this time like masking the presents and the gifts and all that stuff so they have no idea. And so some people get like silly putty and then other people get like a brand new home speaker system. So this is like my favorite thing to do. It's also ugly sweater party. So I don't know. I love the holidays. I love Christmas. It's such a fun time. My love language is gift giving. Clearly you can see that. So I'm really excited, but it's always, it's like always tends to just be a busy time, you know, like all the shopping and all that stuff. So I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season yourself and it's not too busy, but you're spending it with loved ones. I also feel like this has been on my mind. It's like, I think this time of year is such a great exercise in abundance because, you know, where does your mind go when it's like going to Christmas shopping? It's like, oh, all these gifts I got to get. Oh, all this money I've got to spend. Oh, it's so expensive. Oh, all this. Right. And we go to like lack, 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 all this lack. Right. And it's very easy to go there. Oh my gosh. I got to get someone else. Like, oh my gosh. It's gonna, how much? Oh, let's get the, oh, let's get the cheaper version or, oh, you know? And it's such a demonstration of abundance because if you're an opportunity to demonstrate abundance, because if you're really operating from that abundance, you know, you choose to get people things with what you want to get because you feel inspired to, to give to, if there really is, if you really truly believe and operate from that frame of abundance, then giving and letting go and sharing is, is a perfect demonstration of that. And then of course, Christmas day comes and there's all this reciprocation all this that comes back to you, all these other people. Oh, I didn't even know so-and-so was going to get me a gift. Wow. The question is, is not having that experience of receiving, are you still willing to let go and give? And that can be a great indicator and a great personal test for you during this time to see if you're operating from abundance or from lack. And if you're operating from lack and you're trying to like, oh, let's just get them the bargain bin or oh, I'm not going to get anybody anything this year. How do you expect to grow your business when you're operating from lack? What do you think you're going to 
do next year in terms of sales and revenue and customers when you keep operating from lack? What a great gift, a great opportunity to deepen this mastery of operating from abundance. Something to ponder, something I've been pondering, right? Also, this is episode 222, which I just went ahead and Googled. So let's see what we come come up with. Uh, The meaning of the number 222 suggests that you are at a point in your life where you're looking for some sense of balance. (laughs) I'm just laughing reading this because I'm so out of balance right now. We have been running around. We were doing inner circle application calls and each one is about an hour and there's about 25 applicants. So I've basically been on the phone for 25 hours on top of everything that I'm normally doing in the business, including three podcasts a week. So this is a sense you're looking for some balance. Uh, yes, it's the best time to have faith and to keep trusting. Numbers 222 also mean peace and balance. Let's see if I can look anything else up. Yeah, it's uh, seeking balance. Two is the number of partnership and relationships. When you see 222, pay close attention to the people who are showing up in your world. You might be bumping into a soulmate, a soul friend, or someone who will play a significant role in your world. Oh, good to know. Well, there you go. So let's get into today's episode because it is it is a very unique one. I'll basically tell you the backstory. One of my students, who is a member of my coaching program, Fernanda Lind Echenike, approached us a couple of weeks back with a proposition, a proposition to share 10 lessons that she learned from me that facilitated a massive breakthrough this year for her. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Sounds awesome to me. And this turned out to be a phenomenal episode. It is, it is extraordinary because they were lessons that she shared. I had no idea what they were. And I was like, wow, I didn't even think of that. That, wow, those are really good. I would have not been able to come up with these on my own. So, so Freaking good. Really, really great episode. It's a long one, but it's really good. And just to give a little backstory, I think we talked about this in the interview, but Fernanda actually won an award. We do a breakthrough of the year award where a bunch of our students all compete and share and then get voted on at our event. And she won the award. So she won the breakthrough of the year award. Her story is phenomenal to be a mom of three and have a full-time career job. And she built a six-figure business on the side with it in less than a year. Yeah that's a breakthrough. <laughs> and then now in this episode, she's going to share with you the 10 biggest lessons that she learned working with me and our community in the past 12 months. So without further ado, let's get into that episode right now. Oh, and before I forget, we want to close out 2018 this year with a bang, which means we're holding our biggest Instagram giveaway yet. Starting Monday, December 17th through Monday, December 24th, we're giving away some prizes, including the grand prize of an all-expense-paid trip to Laguna Beach, California to attend our members-only event, BBD Live. This is the event that only our paying members can attend, and there is a wait list for six months, people trying to come to this event, and we've reserved one seat for you. And we have some very special surprise guest speakers who will be at BBD Live. One of which is our dear friend, Catherine Zenkina, aka Manifestation Babe herself. So there are no ways to get tickets. We are completely sold out. So here's exactly what to do. There are four options to enter to win. 
Option number one, share a screenshot of you listening to the podcast and post it in a story and make sure to tag me at James Wedmore and use the hashtag, hashtag mind your business giveaway. Option number two, like one of our posts on Instagram and leave a comment tagging three of your friends, three entrepreneurial friends and invite them to listen to an episode of the podcast. Option number three, post on your own Instagram feed about the podcast, tag James and use the hashtag, hashtag mind your business giveaway. Option number four, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and share a screenshot of your subscription through my personal DMs on Instagram. Or option number five, leave a review on our podcast if you haven't already, screenshot it and send it to me in a DM. You can do any of these to enter. And the link to the giveaway is also posted in this episode show notes. So to be considered, you need to be following me. That's at James Wedmore on Instagram. And of course, the instruction will be given on the main post there. But we're going to be posting that Monday, December 17th. Now, here's a new catch. Last time, we only allowed three entries. Now you have unlimited entries and you're going to be chosen completely at random. So the more options you choose, the more chances you have of winning. And again, this is your chance to join us an all expense paid trip here in beautiful Laguna Beach, California this January at BBD Live. All right, ladies and gentlemen, James Wedmore here and welcome to a very special episode of the Mind Your Business podcast. They're all special, but today's special because I have my friend and coaching client, Fernanda Lind Echenike. Hey, Fernanda, did I do it? Did I say your name right? Totally. I nailed it. I nailed it. So (laughs) Fernanda, how are you doing? I am great. Thank you. Yeah. How are you, James? I'm good. I'm honored to have you on the show because Fernanda came, if I can just tell a little bit of the backstory, Fernanda pitched me an idea. She pitched me a great idea. She's reflecting on her her year and she was a member of our next level coaching program something we talk about a lot here if you follow me on instagram you've seen pictures from our retreats and our coaching sessions and stuff like that and she wanted to reflect she's had an incredible breakthrough year she won the breakthrough of the year award of all the members and she's really reflecting on the past 12 months and she came to me with an idea of i want to share the top 10 lessons and things I learned from James and from this program in the, in the past 12 months. And I have no idea what these are. I'm going to hear them from her, <laughs> from her mouth yeah. for the first time ever, just like you guys. So I wanted to, I'm very excited about this. I think we're gonna have a great conversation. I told her, I was like, I don't know. I don't want to just talk about myself for an hour, but we're not, we're going to talk about Fernanda and her lessons and what she learned this year. So the first thing is Fernanda, tell us a little bit about what you do, how you help your people. And I'd also love to hear what really inspired this, this episode idea for you. Cool. So, so I coach high achievers to become more resilient and extraordinary and, and happy by, by using mindfulness mostly and meditation and neuroscience. And so I have two mindset programs, one for high achievers who struggle with food and feel like food has power over them and one for entrepreneurs and executives and and leaders who want to break through that inner glass ceiling and and really move at fast speed. So what inspired these lessons or to to share uh, what I've experienced this year, I would say, I guess we're coming to the the end of the year and I was just reflecting back after my my breakthrough year and winning the award and, and just sitting down, actually, I was about to write a blog post and I said, you know, what did I learn this year from James? Because I learned 
a lot of things. And a lot of those things, when I started writing them down, I realized that maybe it was not really what James intended <laughs> himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just looking through that, I thought, maybe James want to hear this as well and just get it kind of reflected back to him. What I picked up, what I watched between the 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 lines, between the conversations, how he shows up. And yeah, and I reached out to you, James, and said, hey, you want to you want to do this? And you jumped on board. So here we are. Here we are. So before we get into these 10 lessons, these 10 things you've learned, I really want to brag about you for a bit because you won this award that we do at our live events called the Business by Design Breakthrough of the Year Award. And we define a breakthrough as being an accomplishment, an experience, an achievement that when the individual set out for that, they really thought it was just like impossible. Mm. And then of course it becomes a breakthrough when you can do the impossible, right? And that definitely happened for you. And this is not something that I give to the members, just to be clear to our listeners. This is not something that my team even gives to the members. This is something that's voted on by the entire audience of fellow entrepreneurs. Uh, Over 220 people in the audience heard Fernanda's story as well as eight other finalists. There were over 40 to 50 people that applied for this. We narrowed it down to the top nine and everyone in the audience listened to Fernanda and eight other people share their stories. And it was, you know, the audience chose. The audience has spoken and and they chose Fernanda. So I'd love to hear really quickly what were some of the highlights of your 2018? What were some of your accomplishments? Can you take us through that for a moment? Sure. I mean, just hearing you talk about this feels so surreal. And you mentioned, you know, accomplishing the, the impossible and exactly that. I think that is the biggest breakthrough for me, I think. And and something that I want I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast, a lot of them are, of course, deep into their entrepreneurship journey, but a lot of people are kind of starting out or or wondering if this might be for them. And I was you, like I was that person just a year ago. I had just found James and I was sitting at BBD Live freaking out. I mean, I'm a mom of three. I work full time in a really highly demanding job and I had no social media presence and I am as such a dork like I, I'm <laughs> totally introverted in many ways and and it just felt impossible like who am I to do this is it in, who embarks on a journey that is just doomed to fail and apparently I am that kind of person who, who says okay let's uh, become an entrepreneur working full-time having three kids totally insane And the biggest breakthrough, I think, is just kind of realizing what it comes down to, to become an entrepreneur. And it's truly not getting all the things right. It's truly not knowing how to do all the steps, taking the right actions and and doing the perfect webinar or having a a pretty slide deck or having just uh, the the step-by-step process behind all of it, even though all of that is pretty cool to have and and i mean even uh, just now let me just sh- show you a little bit of love here james but you're the bbd program where you have all the processes laid out i mean it's just like a no-brainer you just walk in there and pick and choose like a big 
I don't know, it's like, a, how do you call it? Like a playground of stuff mm. to, to pick from when you're going <laughs> to launch something or just get a creative idea. But it's truly not really about that at the end of the day. It's just something else, something about our, our mindset and how we show up and who we are being in a moment. And I guess for me, that was the biggest breakthrough to understand that, that this year has been truly growth from within, like a personal development on steroids. Like I didn't know that would be the biggest breakthrough, who I would become. And that is priceless. I would pay a million dollars just to have that growth in mindset to who I became, who I am today. I mean, truly, the, the lessons I've learned through the through this year are mostly there. Like I am, I wouldn't say I'm smarter this right now than I was a year ago, knowing like I'm, I know exactly what tactics to use or I'm not a funnel ninja in any way. Not at all. I mean, I learned a lot of that stuff as well, but anyone can learn that. But who I needed to become is truly the biggest breakthrough. And and I feel like I'm deeply grateful for that. I just, I, I keep walking around every day just thinking that, man, I can't believe I get to be this person that I am today. Hmm. If I feel like I, I was looking for this person for so long, for decades. And, and today I get to be that person. And yeah, wow. I don't know if that made sense, James, at all. Well, but, that, but, I, I mean, it may not make sense, you know, like... Hmm. To somebody who's not there, right? Yeah. It may not make sense. It makes sense to me, you know? It's like trying to describe, you know, I don't know, riding a bicycle to someone who's never ridden a bicycle. Yeah. Right? So for those that are on the other side, it's like, yeah, I get that. So to paint an even bigger or clearer picture, like the tangible stuff, what are some results? Because, you you, you know, your mom of three, you had a full-time demanding job and, and no presence. What were some of the results that you, you did accomplish this year? Oh, my God. So it feels like many. So I just want to just point out as well that if anyone out there, if you have a lot of kids and working full time, like that's no excuse. Hmm. <laughs> just putting it out there. I'm glad you okay. can say that because I can't say that. <laughs> I, I I'm not a mom. I don't have kids. I can't say yep. that. I can't you say can't. that. So I love that you're saying it, Fernanda. That's great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Going. And I know a lot of people I hide behind that, right? Like, mm. oh, but I work or, you know, I have kids and I, so I can't do all that. Like, that is a lot of crap. Just mm. putting it out there. So... Yeah, I guess a few weeks ago, I think right before BBD Live, we crossed the uh, 100K line, which yeah. makes us stepping into that six-figure entrepreneurship. And that was, oh my God, felt, it still feels kind of weird and surreal and, and so grateful for that because that was something that felt absolutely impossible. But I think uh, one of the most the beautiful things that, that I feel for this year is all the people that I've helped like, oh my God, I get still super emotional about that. That me just, I don't know, starting from nowhere, being a nobody in that sense and just having the courage to share something that was kind of personal actually has helped a lot of people. It has changed other people's lives and ah, it's still mind-blowing. It feels totally surreal to get to do that. It feels like a, a privilege, a huge privilege. So yeah, I think those two are, are pretty mm -hmm. tangible in that sense. And then of course, all other milestones on the way, growing a team, yep. just, yeah, there's 
so many things that happen through the way. And I want to say something else as well. Sure. Just meeting everyone in, in next level, this big group of just beautiful human beings. Uh, I've made friends for life. Mm. And yeah, just that is, I don't know what to say about that also, but it's still mind blowing Yeah, that, I, you know, we get to hang out with each other and geek out on all this stuff and, and connecting at such a deep level. I love it. That's so awesome. So this is incredible, especially coming from mom of three, full-time demanding job and not having the presence of the following and be able to generate six figures this year. So incredible. So let's get into it. Let's share what are the, uh, the 10 lessons that you've come up with. Cool. So yeah, let's get started then. So yeah, 10 lessons learned from James Wedmore. It's kind of how I started uh, this whole. So lesson number one, only work with ideal clients. And, and this can sound like, yeah, we all know that. Yeah, but we don't. Like now for me, that is a non-negotiable. And, and for me, this is something, James, that I kind of, I mean, you say that and we talk about that, but when I truly saw you in action around this when i saw the people that you attracted the people that you repelled and and what it truly means when it kind of we start engaging with people and clients like for me now that is a non-negotiable like i i think i heard you once james when you were like i'm gonna just uh, i don't know if any of this uh, is how it, it truly happened but what i heard was you kind of telling a, a client or a woman like even kind of paying them to step out to <laughs> like total refund. Like mm -hmm. I don't, you know, and, and being in that place where we absolutely reject people in, yeah. a, in a, in a good way, I'm saying this as well. Like for me today, I, I really only want to work with people who are ambitious, who are fun to be around, who have a certain mindset. And I absolutely reject people who are, you know, people who complain or who do not take action or who are who are just want to be stuck in that victim mindset. And and I feel like that was a lesson. I know in the beginning, especially when we're getting started, we are like, hey, everyone is welcome. Right. <laughs> just want to help everyone. Yes. And if that was huge mistake. Oh, my God, that was like a nightmare. And it did not end well. And, and I felt like I learned that lesson in the hard way. And I heard you talk to that. But it, I think it wasn't until I saw you in action, even in our group, like I could tell with your energy, like when you were clear with like, do not show up with that energy, do not, you know, you, you are very clear with how you want us to be. Mm -hmm. And I started noticing that I said, okay, so I need to reflect that back to my clients. I need to show up as James shows up, kind of as a non-negotiable. You set that standard by who you are being at the same time. And, 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 this for me was a huge ripple effect as I, I started out in my messaging. I started to speak to it much clearly. And I started, I mean, even on my like Facebook lives, just even stating it out loud. Like this is who I work with and yep. this is who I do not work with. Like if you are that kind of person, it's totally cool, but I'm not for you. Like super, super clear about that. And, and who knew that was a game changer. Like, I really feel like today my clients are just extraordinary people. Mm. Like, I, I, every single day I, I feel so grateful that I get to work with world-class clients, right, who are kind and generous. And, and I don't know, I just love them so hard. And, and you really showed us 
how to do this, James. I mean, you have been standing in this truth, right? You do not tolerate any crap. <laughs> you don't yeah. tolerate victim mindset, <laughs> yeah. right? Can I jump in? Because this is great. Again, guys, I had no idea what Fernanda's going to share. I don't know what the other nine are either. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great advice here. I love this. <laughs> and this is huge, even just hearing this, because couple things coming up for me in your share is, yes, this is so critical. This is one of those things that you know, but most people don't do, just like Fernanda said. And what we have to consider is, are we saying yes to the client just because they're willing to pay you, but at what cost, right? Like, oh, I don't want to say no to this money. Oh, I need the money or I'm desperate for it or I'm hungry for it. Any client's better than no client. But when we say yes to that non-ideal client, what are we actually saying no to? And in a big sense, we're saying no to ourselves. And so there will always be people that want your time, but it's up to us to only focus our time and energy on the people that deserve your time. That's a very key distinction. But then something else that is just like bringing this full circle is Fernanda's noticing this in the work that I'm doing. And so if you were to sit down and really just like make a list of the work you do with your ideal clients, or the, uh, not the work, the, the, the characteristics, the attributes, who you'd like them to show up as for you. Here's where this gets really hard. You have to take a deep look at yourself and say, am I willing to show up that way? If I'm yeah. asking for my students and clients to not play victim, to take full responsibility, to not complain, to take action, to be open and be coachable, am I willing to do that? Or am I just putting expectations and having double standards on them? And the, the truth of the matter is, what's really happening is you attract who you're being. And so when you choose to show up that way, you're going to attract more of the people that way. And that's what's really going on. And yes, the final thing I'll say is that there is a group of people that'll be a very clear line of, oh yeah, this is my, these are my people. This is my ideal client. Like Fernanda's one of those. Then there'll be people that are like, oh, that's very clear that these people are not. But the majority are going to be blurred in the middle. Like, eh, there's kind of playing a victim here a little bit. And for me, how I approach that is I'm willing to lay down the law and say what needs to be said without fear of them getting upset or, you know, wanting a refund or calling me out or bad mouthing me or something and say, because either way, this is going to help them in some way. And I'm not worried about, you know, ruffling the feathers if I'm coming from a place of I'm going to help you, even if it means I'm calling you out on your stuff. You know, a lot of those people will move from that gray area into the ideal. And that's the moral of this story here is that you can actually move people into your ideal client area. It's just how willing, how much time and effort are you going to take? But you've probably noticed that yourself, right, Fernanda, that the more you're willing to stand your ground, someone who was kind of wishy-washy on the fence stepped up and became more of the person that you're asking them to become. And you can actually invite people to take a stand for that as well. That's yeah, 100% to that, yeah. right? And I that's exactly how I noticed I watched you doing that, like truly setting that as a standard and inviting people to step into that. And I feel like that has had the ripple effect that I have done that towards my students and my clients, inviting them to step into that, truly embracing that. And not only with me, I mean, I, I've seen it, me changing as I how I show up, not only with my clients and with this work, but also how I show up with my kids or with my husband that mm -hmm. is actually running <laughs> everything behind the scenes in the business. I just want to give him a shout out. He's awesome. <laughs> great. But, but truly 
this ripple effect, right? How I show up has changed how my husband shows up, how I show up even in my, my day job, right? How the, the ripple effect has there as well. It's kind of just as you say, we attract that people into our lives as well. And not only in our business, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So awesome. So awesome. So why don't you continue? What else you got for us? Cool. So the second lesson that I learned from James Wedmore is to see people. And by that, I mean to really see them, like to really acknowledge people. And, and here's, here's what I mean by that. Okay. So in the beginning of last year, when I was just getting my first webinar out there and, and I was feeling kind of uncertain, right? I didn't really know what I was doing. And we were on a coaching call, James, with you and the, the whole group. And you were reviewing uh, my webinar slides in front of the whole group. And while you were going through my slides and, and giving feedback, you stopped at one of my slides with one of my, my, my client testimonials. You kind of paused and then you said something in the lines of, Fernanda, your work really matters. Like mm. you're changing people's lives. Like you stopped and you acknowledged me. Like you truly saw me, right? You, and, yeah. and in that moment, I get kind of still emotional because what I learned from that and something that I look back upon it and that kind of shaped the whole year for me at least is, understanding the impact that we have in someone when we see them mm. like when we believe in someone just that and and i can't express like how much that truly impacted me because it gave me not only courage and, and kind of strength to continue on this path right but really really it showed me that how important it is to important it is to truly see people to acknowledge them to see their potential and hold them to their vision even if they might not see it in themselves in that moment and you did that you showed me that that sometimes all we need is someone just believing in us right and i mean really that single moment that you might not even remember that alone <laughs> kind of fueled and empowered my full-time working yeah. mom of three right wow. <laughs> To I didn't really create a business by design. I remembered it as soon as you started describing it. I was like, oh, I remember going over your webinar slide deck with you. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I remember reading one of the testimonials. And it's a crazy full circle because the testimonial was of the results that you had got helped someone else achieve. Yeah. And I have to imagine that you did the same thing for them that I was doing for you in that moment in order mm -hmm. for them to get the results. And then me having done that, and I was just being honest, I wasn't like... There was nothing behind it other than just like reading that testimonial was like, wow, Fernanda, mm -hmm. this is amazing. And then now because of that and because that like really lit a fire under you, all the other people you've been able to help since then, just like total yeah. ripple effect. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, totally. And also just showing me the importance of that to take time to see people. Mm-hmm. Like you just, even if it is for a second, it has the power to, to change their entire lives, right? It's just what you're pointing towards. And, and I keep on, it just keeps on impacting me in many, many ways. Sometimes when I forget that, I notice that as well. It's like a guiding light constantly when I'm interacting with clients, with people, just to truly, truly stop and see them, hold them to that vision of themselves. So yeah. thank you for that lesson. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. So, <laughs> so let's jump into lesson number three. 
And, and this one is, it took me time to learn this one, but I'm going to share it and, and say, so lesson number three is to only speak to people's beliefs. Mm. So here's what I, what I, for me at least, it was a, a huge insight. So marketing is this, speaking to people's beliefs, right? And, and we, especially I think as newbies, overcomplicated so much, like we're just getting started and, and, and we want to get this marketing stuff right. And I, I felt like I, I was just looking in the wrong place in the beginning. And then I watched you. I was watching you on our calls, on our retreats, how you were speaking on stage, how you were showing up as our mentor. And, and again and again and again, you have been speaking to our beliefs, not teaching us stuff, like not giving us more information. We already have that. <laughs> like we, we just were so we're drowning in information, right? And if we wanted more information, of course, we could just jump into BBD, the program, and mm -hmm. grab any process or information that we want. But really, you, you spoke to our beliefs again and again. And in the beginning, I didn't get it. I truly didn't get it. I was <laughs> like, why is James not answering our questions yeah. with the right answer? Yeah. <laughs> like, just give us the strategy. Give me the tactic. Yeah. And you just kept speaking to our beliefs, our limiting beliefs, right? Where the real shift needed to happen. And man, it was profound. Like the moment I think for me it clicked was on our first retreat. And I was sitting there just listening and observing and listening. And then after a while, I was like, I'm seeing a pattern here. Like he, James is just, he's speaking to our beliefs. No matter what the question is, he sees beyond that. So he is, and, and for me, that becomes something kind of spiritual moment, I guess, because I truly saw that what you did by doing that, I don't know if you're super intentional with that, but or if it's just who you are at this point, but you were being so generous because when you do that is when you actually help people, right? And I understood that you were doing that. And for me, that was a, a huge mindset shift. So mm. the same thing there, when I came back, I started speaking to my students, my clients, even in all my marketing, again, on my Facebook lives, everything changed when I just started speaking to people's beliefs, period. Like not teaching them anything anymore, not as not maybe answering their question because that's not what they need. Right. Just looking behind that and said, okay, what are they believing right now? Yeah. Why are they asking this? Yes. And things started shifting quickly from there. People had more breakthroughs. People, you know, were jumping on board, making decisions faster. It was a huge revolt. Maybe people who are super into marketing are like, man, that is old news, right? But to truly not only see it and understand it, but to actually embody it, right? As you do, James, I think you you are like walking around in that space constantly. Like for you, it's not natural to even answer a question, <laughs> I think. With, uh, oh, yeah. Right? Well, and, like, and to, to speak to this, first of all, I don't think it's old news. I think most people are not doing this at all. And that's why most people can take a hundred courses or learn a bunch of information and they still have nothing to show for it. Mm. So a couple of places I am operating, if I'm just being honest, it's very intentional. It's very, mm. very intentional because mm. I was the smartest guy on the internet with all the answers and I knew how to do everything and I still had no results. So if I had all the answers and I couldn't get results, why would I make my life and the value I deliver about giving everyone all the answers, all the info, all the knowledge, when that's not really what's holding you back? 
So yeah. the first thing is something I kind of popped into my head one day when noticing the work I was doing with clients is saying, realizing, oh, they can't hear me. They can't hear me. And even people on this podcast, you're not really listening. Most people are not listening to a word we're even saying right now. They can't hear it. You think you, you hear sounds in my voice and oh, he's getting angry again, but you don't, you're not actually listening. All you're hearing is yourself. You're hearing your interpretation of the words that I'm saying and the words that Fernando is saying through the limited perception or filter of beliefs of where you currently are right now in your life and in your business. So you, you can't actually accept new information because if anything is new and it conflicts with what you already believe to be true, you'll distort it, you'll delete it, you'll throw it out and you won't even know that you've done it. And so I was really clear, number one, never rob someone of a lesson. Okay. So, so you, you know, if you're a mom of three, you don't do your kid's homework for them, right? You know, that's not going to help them. So it's the same thing. Me giving you the answer is me doing your homework for you. And that means you don't think I might give you a resource, but that enables you to be unresourceful. And so instead I'm very clear that you can't hear me. You can only hear yourself. And so my job is to guide you to your own clarity so you can hear from your own mind, from your own thinking, what is really getting in the way for you and what is really true for you. That means I'm never giving any answer. I'm just asking the questions. I'm just asking the questions. So yeah, people like Fernanda got a little like frustrated by it. It doesn't seem like it was too big. She was like, why isn't he just giving us the answer? <laughs> there were some people that get really upset by it. Like, just tell me the answer. Just give it to me. Give it to me. Right. Cause they think that's what they need. How do you know what you need? If you don't, if you've never gotten the result before, if you've never built a six or a seven figure business, how do you know what you, how could you possibly know what you need? If you knew what you need, you'd, you'd have it and you'd be there. You don't know what you need. So even when someone comes to the table with a question, they think that's what they need answered. How do you know? How do you know that's even the right question? So I'm, I'm basically ignoring everybody's question when they ask it. And I'm asking my own question, which is, why are they asking this question? What's behind this question? And I rarely answer the question. And I go there, yeah. right? So yes, it's very intentional. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. And I mean, even listening to you now, I'm like, I'm just people, if you're listening to this, like, just take a moment and rewind and go back to and listen again to what James just said, because just what you pointed towards, James, I noticed that actually even in, in the our last retreat and, and even at BBD Live, some people still not getting it, yeah, like still not hearing it, yeah, not hearing what you are pointing and, towards. And the hard part is, is that you have to really be okay with that. You know, you have yeah. to be detached and you have to just still come from compassion. It's like a mother teaching their baby or helping their baby learn toddler how to walk. You know, you don't beat up your toddler because it didn't, didn't take its first step today. You just say, Hey, you got this and good job. And you, you made progress and that's okay. And everyone's on their own journey at their own pace and their own speed. And they're doing the best they can. And that's the thing is there's a whole world behind, you know, a whole world of experience and upbringing and beliefs and, culture and trauma and all this stuff that people have, you know, they're bringing that to the table. And this is something I had to learn. And I teach this to a lot of my students today as well is we put on a lot of expectations on our students. How dare us? We're not curious to ask what their expectations are. 
And then we impose our own expectations. And how do we know that what we want for them is even what they want for themselves, you know? And then we're hard on them, just like we're hard on ourselves. That doesn't do anything. So yeah, it's a delicate balance, but you have to be very like detached and compassionate and, you know, just okay with whatever progress people want to make and just help from however you can help. Love that. And James, that is perfect because it leads us to lesson number four. Mm. You're ready for it. I'm ready. (laughs) So lesson number four is to not take on our clients or students' results or lack thereof. Wow, it does lead into that, doesn't it? It does, right? Perfect. So in this lesson, oh my God, I feel that this is so valuable. It was for me. I so wish I could... (laughs) I would have learned it before I decided to even become an entrepreneur. Like if I could go back in time and teach myself that, that would be the one thing maybe. And because, wow, this is it, like you just pointed towards, it can get so messy when we are expectations getting totally messed up with, with our clients expectations. And what I took away from this year is that my clients and students results are none of my business. Mm. And I'm just throwing in a little Byron Katie over this because it's been transformative. I've been fighting with this internally for some time. Like I just wanted to have all my clients have the best results ever in the whole universe and everything just to be unicorns, balloons and roses <laughs> and perfect. And, and, you know, and of course, that was my, I'm such a high achiever. And, and, and then I was, I've been watching you again. And I watched you as you kind of telling us now as well, but I watched you in action, detaching from our results or lack thereof, right? Yeah. And from that place, from compassion as you're sharing, of course, but also in that sense that you do not need validation from us, from your clients and students. Like, you know the value you bring, right? You take the full ownership of how you show up. And you, of course, react to any kind of situation the way you would and from the place where you're at and the mindset that you have in the moment. But, but by doing that, then the, you, you empower us to take full responsibility as well for our businesses, for our lives, for our results or lack thereof, which in the end has been, for me, a huge lesson, the biggest lesson maybe. And, and I feel like just from coming from an emotional place or mental sanity to get to that place when we are 100% certain in how we show up, like we know we bring value. We know we are coming from a place of caring and from compassion and, and that's all we can do. And that our students' results or lack thereof is really truly none of our business in that sense. It has nothing to do with us as human beings. We don't need that kind of validation. And for me, stepping into that place, I feel like I've become an even, of course, way better coach, but better at at listening to people when my own uh, anxiety around their (laughs) results or wanting them to have all the breakthroughs the first week and and just all these, how do you call it, like expectations that Mm. just get in the way and mess up the whole process. And instead, allow people to produce and create and have the, the results that they need to have and the yeah. lessons they need to have. This, and is, this is a huge one, if I can just jump in, because please do. Um, co- a couple of things I want to add here is when I teach all my students and clients, when they're going for a goal, 
the practice is to be completely detached from the outcome, which means you're not attaching any meaning or significance to the destination, to the target, to the outcome. So what happens if, hey, you want to you wanna do a million dollars next year, Fernando? What, what, what happens if you don't? Oh my gosh, it'll be the worst tragic news ever. I, I'll just give mm-hmm. up and give in. Okay, you're pretty attached to that. So let's let that go. You know, let's detach. So it'd be kind of weird if I'm like, don't be attached to your outcomes, but I want you to be extra attached to your client's outcomes, which of course, no matter what you do as a coach, as a facilitator, a mentor, a teacher, content creator, their results are out of your hands. They are not your puppet. You're not holding their strings, dictating what actions they take, when they take them. You can't think their thoughts. You can't move their arms and type the keyboard for them. How could you possibly be responsible for them or their results? And if you try to be responsible for their results, you are enabling them to be victim in their lives because if you're responsible for them, then they're not responsible for them. So the distinction is you are responsible to them. In other words, you're responsible for your commitments in what you say you're there to deliver, but you're not responsible for them, their results, their health, what their business, their, you know, whatever you, you teach, coach and support on. And I'll tell you this right now, if you didn't get that, if you didn't take that on, your growth as a personal brand, as a coach, as a teacher, as a course creator, will suffer more than you would like to admit because subconsciously in the back of your mind, you are afraid of taking on more people's responsibility and you'll be telling yourself, I don't think I can handle it. I don't think I can deal with the burden. I don't think I can deal with the pressure. I don't want to deal with it. And so you will find ways to sabotage your own launches, your own webinars, your own sales, your own customers, because you don't want what more sales will bring you which is what no one wants is to take on their responsibility, but that just enables them and hurts them. It does no good to take, if, if you're going to take on someone's responsibility for their life, you might as well get a commission. <laughs> you know, if I'm going to take on the responsibility <laughs> for Fernanda's business, that means I get ownership in it because I'm yeah. responsible for it. This is a big one. This is huge. So I love that you brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, some days I, I still go back and I, it's like an internal game, right? Right around all of this. But just to always, I, I always go back to that, just remembering and knowing how you stand for this and, and how you showed up around this. And, and just what you're pointing towards now as well, how crucial it is to understand this distinction. Yeah. Let, so, let me say something else on this too that's, I think will take this even deeper. So let's say you are a, you're a coach coaching someone or teaching them to get specific tangible results in their life. Like let's say something with business because that's, you know, what I do. So, okay, great. And the mistake that a lot of co- most, most, most coaches and teachers and course creators make is they dread the moment that one of their students posts in the Facebook group. Oh no, my project failed. My launch failed. My funnel failed. This isn't working. Uh Oh, I've got a problem. And you want to check in right now if you're listening. How do you react? How do you feel? What happens in your stomach, in your head, in your throat, in your chest when some student of yours at any level writes in with a problem, with a breakdown, with an issue? And how much are you like, oh no, I failed them. Oh no. Like it's a problem for you too. Well, that's the problem. Our job is not to prevent their breakdowns. 
our job is not to hope that they don't have any bad things happen in their life. Our role is to let them do what they're going to do. Whatever happens is going to happen. No one has control on how a launch or how a promotion is going to go at the end of the day, except for the customers buying that at the end. Our role is to facilitate their perspective on it. That something quote unquote bad happened is actually another belief. To say something is bad is another interpretation. It's another belief. And our role is to offer another opinion, another perspective, another way of looking at things so they're not left with the baggage and the business trauma of, oh my gosh, another failure, which means I'm a failure, which means I'll never make it, which means I might as well just give up and say, well, wait a second. Maybe there's something else to see here. Maybe there's something else to look at. Maybe there's a lesson here. Maybe there's some small shift, tweak, etc., to change their relationship with this thing that they're upset about. I have failures, mistakes, breakdowns, problems, issues every single day, all the time. The difference is, is I don't make it mean that I'm a failure and I should just give up. And that's why I'm still here. That's our role. That's our job. And that's something for everybody to check in on. Is, are you freaking out because someone had a bad day because they're a coaching client of yours and you're taking that on as well and now you're going to have a bad day? Are you freaking out because their project or whatever the thing that you're helping them with tanked? Well, what does it mean to say something tanked? What if your students were just one failure away from the biggest success of their lives? It tanking is their belief. It's their perspective. Are you going to hop on board to their limited perspective and their limited belief? Or are you going to offer a new one? That's what a great coach, great mentor, great teacher does. And that way, when students come into my group and Fernanda knows this and they're like, oh my goodness, the sky is falling. I'm like, all right, time to get some work done. This is where the fun begins. I love, you know, wading through the, the messy, mucky water because on the other side of that breakdown is the breakthrough. But if you're hoping they avoid the breakdown every time, you're missing the most valuable opportunities and gifts that you have that you can offer your students. So I hope that made sense. That was awesome. That, that is totally worth a rewind and listen <laughs> again, every single word. And I want to add something to that, James, yeah. as well, because what you're pointing towards is not only how we respond back to our clients with all of this, which for me has been a game changer, but also it made me question how I show up when I show up, for example, you know, in, in different programs or in, in next level or with you and, and just same thing there. Mm-hmm. How, how am I being on the, on the, on the yes. other side of all of this, right? I really want to invite people to check in with that as well. Like, who am I being when I am being coached by others or, or yeah, to, so to good. are we putting the, are we, the results that we're expecting on our, on our mentors and coaches? And are we getting frustrated, you know, like, oh, this doesn't work. And, 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 but then we turn to our clients and act different, like, like just that alignment to start checking in. Because if we have, I don't know if disalignment is the correct word in English, but when it's just not in, 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 in alignment, I think. Out of alignment. Yeah. Out of alignment. Thank you. Just, just notice that because you cannot have just one space in your life. You, how you behave towards your client be like totally detached and, and coaching them beautifully. And then you turn around and behave completely different when you are being coached or in a space of, or in another program. Right. Or, Mm -hmm. So totally. I really want to invite people to kind of look at that. Like, who am I being through all of this? 
just to to notice because that is you might find something that might surprise you i just want to invite people into that so good so was that number four or five that oh. was number four wow let's okay. to number five. Oh yeah. my god let's speed up <laughs> So number five, lesson learned from Mr. James here is to only work in my zone of genius, mm, right? Yeah. I mean, James, you only, you only operate in that zone of genius. And I know you didn't always do that, right? But today you, you do, like yeah. when you show up, right? And, and I've watched you with this again. And for me, this was kind of interesting because I, I, I watched you, right? That to be a six or seven or eight figure entrepreneur we need to only operate in this zone yes. and to kind of be ruthless about it yes right and i mean you've been just hammering this out all this year like you need to hire people don't do stuff that you are not you know meant to do and and a lot of people get stuck on that like i can't afford to hire anyone or i can't afford that or yada yada and all that crap that comes up right and and for me that i just started kind of seeing that at a deeper level. So what does it truly mean when we are not operating at that zone of genius, right? And the thing is that as soon as we step out of that, right, and, and doing something else, we are just doing something that we are kind of good at, right? And or just even kind of mediocre at. And for me, I, I started noticing that as a mom of three, like I had zero choice but to focus only on my zone of genius because here's what i saw from you james and what i understood is that by doing so that would be what would generate the most profit the mm -hmm. rest i was kind of crappy at it so <laughs> it, 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 that would not bring in any kind of profit that would support and grow the business right and being in that zone of genius is the only way to fast track our success. And for me, that was, it took me time. In the beginning, that was not clear at all. And I was just watching you and you sharing stories around that and kind of you were pointing towards that again and again. But again, I felt like I was this slow learning student, like, wow, should I not be doing all my graphics? Right. <laughs> Why not? I can't do it. Kind of ugly, but who cares? But through this process, I... I had to embrace my zone of genius. I feel like I found it and, and I could feel the power that that had. Because once I stepped into that and became ruthless about it, it fueled everything else. Like it created the biggest impact. So it's not that I, you know, even though I, I might be pretty good at the other, other stuff, right? Like even project management or finances. I, I mean, I work in finance or Excel spreadsheets. Like I'm a, I'm a total dork. I, that's <laughs> my jam. But it's not my zone of genius at all. I really had to learn how to say no to all of that and hand it over to someone else and, and really step into that digital CEO that you, are, you always talk about, right? And... Here's what, what became interesting, that for me, that also shifted into what I feed into my mind. So even talking with my husband, I've become even more ruthless in the sense that, do I really need that information? Like, what information does he need for his zone of genius? Mm. Does he need to listen to a lot of crap that I'm thinking about? Probably <laughs> not, right? right? To have that distinction all the time. like So it has been 
transformative in, on many, many levels. The conversation that I have even with peers, with other colleagues, with even my clients, like what is my zone of genius here? Do I need to spend even one second on this other kind of conversation or this other kind of uh, information? Do I need to read things? Do I need to listen to things? What do I really need to support that space, that zone of genius? Which meant my time, my attention, my focus, everything had to be super, super focused. And not only I had to start operating in, in that zone of genius, but also to charge for that zone of genius, yes. which, which also what is a, a big mindset shift, a big lesson watching you, James. I mean, you've shared stories around that. I mean, in the sense that I am not affordable by any means, because when you step into your zone of genius, you should not be affordable. Like I should be affordable if I'm doing graphics or Facebook ads or some other thing that I'm really kind of just not good at <laughs> or mediocre, right? Yeah. In the sense, but just understanding that for me was, I feel like it really, really changed me at a deep level. Understanding when I'm in my zone of genius, then I can impact people at a deep level. Then I, I, I can bring the value and that reflects the investment towards that. And, and, and really help people and and really truly james i i feel that i'm so grateful for that lesson really 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 grateful to just stop wasting time and resources trying to be something that we it's it's really not who we are meant to be in any way so good so, yeah and just uh, i mean like i could we could do 10 episodes just on this i mean i see people wasting days of their lives. It's, I've spent days trying to figure yeah. out how to set up my autoresponder. That's mm. your life. You don't get that back. That's gone because you decided to do something that a virtual assistant in the Philippines could have done for you. A, a little Bobby, Billy down the street could have done it for you, but you didn't just waste days of your life trying to figure that out in pain frustrated, confused, and overwhelmed, but it also took you away from what you could have been doing in your zone of genius. It doesn't make sense to me, other than I know for most people, it's because it's safer. That's when you hide. You stay in your, even though it's uncomfortable and confusing and overwhelming to build out an autoresponder, that's you playing safe because there's nothing on the line for that. There's no skin in the game. There's no chance for rejection when you're sitting there hiding in the details putting you in your zone of genius yeah for most of us in this industry it's putting your butt on the line it's exposing you to the rejection to the criticism to the negative feedback to the haters so most people aren't up for it that's fine don't complain about it so stay in your zone of genius love it so good and that leads us to lesson number six and the transition, I think, is perfect <laughs> because mm -hmm. lesson number six is to be coachable. Mm. And this yep. is a, a good one. You're pointing towards that as well, because you said, you know, if I share something with you guys, you said you just answer, OK, got it. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. That's it? Mm -hmm. Just to not argue or not to kind of come up with a backstory, not to share <laughs> all the drama, like just shut up. Just, okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. <laughs> and man, like truly that, it changed me. And just watching you with that, like how profound, right? Simple. If you're listening to this, like 
just that. Okay, got it. Like write that down. Put that in your little wallet and keep it with you. And anytime you're somebody shares something with you, you just say, "Okay, got it. Thank you." That is being coachable. Yeah. And then the next thing to freaking do something with the coaching you got, mm. like f- just freaking do something with that. Just receive it, hear it, listen to it, and say, "Okay, got it. Thank you." And then you execute. In whatever capacity you can, in whatever form that makes sense to you, like to just say yes, say yes to feedback, to life, to opportunities, to be open, willing, ready, and this has uh, the same thing. The ripple effect in my life is huge. Like I just felt like I stopped arguing with life, yeah. with people, mm. with everything. Like I just started noticing where I was resisting and fighting, and I had to. Well, my husband will probably argue with this and say,、mm, "I don't know." <laughs> I'm always coachable. <laughs> But I at least I notice when I'm not. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and how that changed the dynamic, right? In with us, with with my clients, with even my my how I show up in my my work, and and just to understand that that by what what being coachable truly means, right? To be able to receive feedback, to take full ownership and responsibility for that, to execute on it, to do something with it, and just to be open to the possibility that. Maybe it will change your life、yeah. if you execute on it. I feel like that is what happened with me, James. The things that you, that I heard you coach me and others on, I just say, okay, got it, and I just executed on it. I just did something with it, right? And and that was something that actually opened the door and to the impossible. This is this and, is and, a this is a big one because knowledge can only come from experience. True knowledge can only come from true experience. In other words, a simplistic example is you can read a book on how to swim, but you don't actually know how to swim until you're in the water swimming. You know, and 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 reading a book on it, reading ten books, watching an online course on how to swim does not make you an expert swimmer. And so, what most people are doing is they have a goal. Maybe it's to start a business, grow a business. Do something, but it's to do something. It's a goal because it's to do something they've never done before. But they never even consider that if you've never done it before and you don't have the experience of doing it, you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to do it, and then someone <laughs> tells you, "Here's how to do it," and you go, "No, I don't agree. No, no, that's not right. No, 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 I'm not doing that." As if we know how to do it, you don't. And being coachable is about like. Really, really, just having to acknowledge you don't know anything about the goal, even if you think you do, you know nothing. And it's about it's that idea. There's a I've shared this metaphor before, but it's a it's the the businessman, the New York businessman that goes and wants to go work with like the Buddhist monk or whatever, and he wants to learn from him. And he goes to the Buddhist monk, and he's all excited to. To tell him already all the things he already knows, he's like, "Oh, I've been reading books and I've been meditating and all these things." And and as he's doing that, the Buddhist monk or whatever is is pouring him tea into this glass, and then he just keeps pouring it. All of a sudden, it comes pours out of the glass and onto the table and on the floor.、And、he's like, "What are you doing? Oh my gosh, what are you doing?" He goes, "Something, you know." I'm going to botch the story, of course. He's like, "When the cup is already full, there's no room for any more." And we're coming to. Anything when we want to learn and grow, even to this podcast, even this episode right now. How much are you already coming to this podcast with already? How full is your cup already as you put these earbuds in your in your ears and listen? 
Are you listening from, yeah, I know this already. I know everything. I know what I need to do. And I have all the answers and I've done my mindset piece and I've done my funnel piece and I've done all that. I know everything. You don't know any of it if you do not have the result or the experience of doing it, period. And so you must, must remain op- like this open vessel of coachability where I know nothing. I know nothing. And if you're not, you're not going to receive what you actually need to get where you want to go. That's a big one. So good. Absolutely awesome. Sorry, I don't want to take all these from you. I just like, when I hear you say it, I'm like, yes, and this. But anyways, okay. (laughs) No, I love that you are sharing and adding value to the lessons. So, okay, so let's uh, jump into lesson number seven. And that is to build a team of rock star people Mm. with the right values and, and not necessarily the right skills and to love them hard, right? And I know... I mean, you have an amazing team. I've seen them in action. And I, I but th- here's what's interesting, right? <laughs> yeah. Because I just hired three amazing people into my team. Nice. But yeah, based on, as you have shown us, right, on who they are being, right? And, and this is so crucial because it's so easy to look at their resume and, and, and look at all their skills and go perfect, right? But what if we just ditch that? Like I truly did that. I was like, okay, I'm not going to go there at all. And this is interesting because I come from the world of finance because in there you only want to look at people, how many master's degrees they have and all that crap. But instead looking towards something else and say, who are they being, right? And my my number one value is kindness. That's like the mm. number one thing that I look for in people. And so I was looking towards that. Is this a kind person? And then of course, is, are they coachable? And are they, you know, <laughs> are they open to learn? But can, can they operate on their own, right? And, and and here's what I love, James, that you had taught, taught and I watched you do, to give them space to grow. Yeah. Like that single thing, you've shown us that again and again, right? And you, I mean, you brag so much about your team and, and how much, how awesome they are. And, and But I learned that from you to really, again, it goes back to one of the earlier lessons as well, to seeing people, right? Especially our team, to really see them to give them all we've got and to not hold back. And I really feel that with them right now in this space that I feel kind of stepping into an abundance mindset, right? I feel generous with sharing of what I've learned, what I feel they need to learn. I do not not hold back in any way because I truly want them to succeed in the sense that I'm not scared that oh, they're going to leave the company and, and run off with all, mm-hmm. all these, these right. skills and expertise. And, and then I need to train someone else and yada, yada. And all again, oh my God, then we're in a big drama. And instead, just no panic around that. I don't feel like I need to have like an employee retention uh, <laughs> kind of whole thing. And, and like corporate kind of struggle with. Instead, just starting somewhere else. Just inviting them into this experience, giving them all of God, being there to coach them to become the best version of themselves, right? They're coaching them to rise to, to that next level and maybe even step into something that they never thought was possible for them. And that's it. And if they want to leave, it's not a problem. I'm still fully standing in that abundance and knowing that the right people will show up and will walk the journey that needs to be walked with us or not. But giving them that without attachment, I guess, again, and not holding back in any way. And I feel super excited about this. 
like already I love them and I can't wait to see what they will accomplish next year. And, and this has been a big inspiration from you, James, to see how you run your team and you are not attached in that sense to them. Like, oh, we need to keep them forever or if they leave, I'm going to be angry or what will they mean about me or about the business mm-hmm. or like total detachment in that and stepping into that abundance mindset around our team. So, so good. Thank you for that lesson. Yes. You are welcome. I love it. Cool. So let's step into lesson number eight. And this is the lesson that we have the power to create our own money. And you have been talking about money, money, money a lot through (laughs) this year, right? Yeah. Really, truly. And not in the sense of profits, profits, profits more about money and our beliefs around that and the mindset around money, which again, pointing towards our mindset, but also pointing towards the fact that the universe might not be what we think it is, right? Mm. <laughs> and that, that money can come to us unexpectedly, right? And with full force, if we are open for it. And here's something else, James. In the beginning of the year, I won the woo woo award in your group. I don't know if you remember, but you have, we had like a little contest and I won the woo woo award. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the woo woo yeah. award. Yeah. You, that's what you had in the beginning. You yeah. sent me a book as a gift oh and the gosh. book was called dollars flow to me. Easy. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then, I mean, of course, as a total geek and, and a fellow woo woo, I, I read that book not only once and not only twice, but like every single morning for this past year. I've been reading it, different parts of it, just uh, marking it with my pen and mm. writing in the sidelines and just truly understanding. I feel like I've been going deeper and deeper to what it's pointing towards. And I feel that really it shaped me in many ways. It changed how I am being. Like, I mean, you have been telling us this year, like we have the capacity, the power to create our own money, right? And I, I listened to that lesson. I opened up to that. And I think that is exactly why I could stand on on the stage, right, at BBD Live and and be the winner of the Breakthrough of the Year Award and then give away the prize, 20K. That was the big check that you gave me. Yeah. Well, let's say, but let's just let people know what you're talking about for a second. So for those of you guys who are not there, the winner of the Breakthrough of the Year Award received a big fat check for $20,000. And while we were at the event and, and you know, Fernanda won the $20,000, we were also sponsoring the charity of Dr. Shannon Irvin, which is called Mosaic Vision. And what helps, you know, AIDS victims and orphans over in Africa. And Fernanda donated the entire $20,000 to them. which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and here's the reason why, okay? Because... Just, James, as you had taught us, right, and as you live, right, I really, today, I feel that place of abundance, Mm. right? I know with certainty that money flows to me easily. Even that tech proved that. Yep. Totally. It was a moment when everything just feels, again, aligned. And, and of course, and of course, I should receive that. And of course, it's not a problem, again, to detach from it, to let it go. Truly that feeling of this is supposed to, is meant to go to other people who need it more in this moment, Mm. right? With any kind of drama around it, of course, that money would be 
absolutely amazing in, in for me and my business. Of course, we're just getting started. That would mean a lot. That would change so much for us. And But again, it felt if we truly know that money comes to us easily, then we, we have no problem with letting go of money. And for me, that was just a moment where I, it felt perfect. Like it was a no-brainer and it's still a no-brainer. Like it just feels just weird in a way, going back mm-hmm. to that book in the beginning of the year, right? The biggest lesson you really teaching us is that, right? Changing our thoughts, changing our beliefs, changes our business. It changes how we look at money, mm-hmm. changes how we understand where money truly comes from, right? I think for me, this has been just this huge shift, like really, I mean, you talk about our results being that kind of reflection of our inner thoughts, of our beliefs. Yes. And and a lot of people don't understand that. They will argue with this, like, oh, but I have great confidence. I, I believe that, you know, I'm going to be successful. I have just set all these amazing goals and I'm going to, you know, but no, if you don't truly, truly at a deeper level, and I mean, you talk about this a lot and your whole podcast is about this essentially, but to truly understand what you're pointing towards and to be in that place when we are not attached to money means we suddenly can receive it just in, in an abundant way. It comes easily to us. So to not only think, to really embody that, to be able to think and to feel it, that is that way of taught me, James, and, and, and really that I am the creator of my own reality, right? I can create my own money yeah. and I get to see that and live it and experience it now on a continuous basis. So I am deeply, deeply grateful for that lesson. I mean, it's pretty much a prerequisite if you want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> you know, can't really build a business without mastering a relationship with money. So... I'm glad that you've learned that. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And that's what you're pointing towards, mastering it. Mm-hmm. That is truly like just focus on that and everything will start shifting rapidly from that. Yeah. So do we have time for two more lessons, James? Uh, I think we do. Okay, cool. So lesson number nine is to listen within. And here's what I mean by that. Okay. Because James, you keep saying, why God you here won't get you there. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of struggled with that in the beginning. I was like, what does he mean? Like, got me where? Like, where am I going? <laughs> I'm just getting like, started. Where have I come from? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Like, does he mean what actions led me here? Or, or just, I, I, I heard it and I kind of understood it, but not really. And then yeah. I, I, something shifted and I, I saw what you were pointing towards, or at least what, what I took away from it. And then that the thinking that got me here won't get me there. That the same thoughts and ideas and ways of being, right? The being in the sense of the thoughts that I'm putting my attention on, that that needs to shift to a higher level of thinking, to something else. So what will get me there, like you you point towards that a lot, James, is kind of the thinking from the future, from a future digital CEO version of me. You know, if sometimes I, I just stand in that and just reflect and say, okay, if I could download a future version of myself, like that million dollar CEO into today's body, right? How would she, what would she do? Like, what would she think and feel? Like, I'm curious about that. And then when I do that, when I step into that, I always get that sense that like, <laughs> like she is arriving from the future and she's kind of laughing at me. Like, man, you're struggling with these 
crappy <laughs> lower thoughts like let's get to work yeah like watch me kick ass <laughs> and and to be able to watch that like just watch how that person just steps in and makes herself comfortable in this version right and instead of being drowned by all the limiting beliefs that i have now and the uncertainty and the doubt and and she kind of just relaxes and dismisses all of that crap right just mm. cuts through the weeds in the garden of our mind and 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 refuses to listen to any of those limiting beliefs like something else i, I get this sense that she's present in the moment and this is something james that you do as well i've noticed you and and, and something that i reflect on like okay so that is the million dollar entrepreneur mindset kind of being present in the moment you kind of just i mean sometimes i mean even on your live events you're like just showing up to the present moment like mm -hmm. i don't know what we're doing here <laughs> i have no idea i just got here right and of course that is it's the truth the ultimate truth but it, at the same time it's not because what you're doing is being highly present and listening to what's going on what is needed in this moment and that's why it, it, it becomes so extraordinary and and I I'm more and more stepping into that version, what I am being present in the moment and, and being more guided by this inner wisdom and hunches and, and intuition and noticing what, what is what is going on right now, right? But still, I mean, this year has been like a struggle with that falling and rising again and back again. And then, oh, my God, back to that old lower level thinking that it's just a big mess. And then back again to the future version. And it's, it's still a process that I'm, I'm trying to embody more and more. But just watching you, how you embody that has been uh, just amazing, amazing lesson mm. and very transformative. That's awesome. I love you sharing that. That's so cool. And it is a process and that's okay. And it takes time, I'm supposed to yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, as much time as you yeah. need. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're at the last lesson, James. Are this you up for it? it? I'm up it's for it. It's a short one, super oh. short one. I know we are running out of time. So the last one is actually just to ask questions, to ask great questions. I mean, you've been telling us this again and again and again, but just to ask. And, and sometimes we get just so stuck in not asking, asking for the sale, asking for support, asking for feedback, asking for collaborations, right? To just asking stuff, right? And I want to ask you, James, just to end this. Oh, this you can ask me a great question? <laughs> can I do this? I have so many I could ask you, but I'm going to try to ask you just maybe one, right? Yeah. So let me just jump back again a little bit to the future version of yourself. And, and, and what would you say, James? You know, if you look towards mindset of eight-figure entrepreneurs or what would you say is the biggest difference to where you believe you are now, to where you want to go and where you started mindset-wise? Uh, okay. So if I'm hearing correctly, the difference between where I want to go versus where I am now versus like what, where I, where I started? Yep. Hmm. Like if you could jump yeah. back in time, sure. like well, you sometimes do. <laughs> yeah. So I wish there was only one thing, you know, there's so much that comes to mind is it's easier, of course, obviously to answer with more certainty, the difference in my thinking and behaving and acting of today versus older. What mindset sure. stuff did James Wedmore back then struggle with? Do you remember? Well, he would jump into his body. Well, that's why I what said there's, there's, there was everything. It was everything. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I can speak about all of it today. It was everything. It was, it was the, who am I to be doing this? Uh, the, um, what if it's not perfect? What if someone doesn't like it? You know, what if there's rejection? What if there's a no? What if they complain? What if they don't like me? Is it was, so it was the fear of the judgment, fear of the criticism, fear of it not being good enough, fear of me not being good enough, all of that. But that's all fear. So this, in the simplistic terms, it's all fear. It's the, and, it, and it's the internalized fear of fear of the unknown, the fear of what will that mean about me? What will they say about me? All of that. But it's all fear driven. And that's, uh, I'm just going to say it blanketly. It sounds like a giant assumption, but it's going to be 99% true for everyone here listening. And you can just try it on and see if it is or not. But if you're not where you want to be in your business, if you, if it's not taken off, if it's not going where it is, it's 99% of the time it's, uh, you're, you're operating from fear somewhere. And so, cause when we operate from fear, we're playing small, we're hiding somewhere. We're hiding and saying what we really want to say, because for example, people say, well, no one's following me. That's because you're too afraid to be a leader. It's not because you don't have a, a better list building strategy. It's because you're not doing something to be a leader. You're hiding in the, oh, I'm going to say the same thing everyone else is saying and change it 1%. That's hiding. You're pulling your punches. You're afraid. Oh, you know, before you press send on that post on Instagram or, Ooh, is everybody going to like this? I hope I don't offend. I hope I don't step on any toes, right? It's fear. It's survival. And that doesn't, that just doesn't work. And so that's got to go. And that all, all of that had to go. Every single piece of it and every single thing had to go. The next thing that had to go was, was all the mindset crap around building a team and a company and something, a vision bigger than you. And that's what I would then say gets deepened is what the eight figure entrepreneur is doing the reason that eight figure entrepreneur is getting to eight figures is because the vision is just so big. It's just, it's just so much bigger than them that it's, it's touching more lives. It's less about them. You see a lot of people in this industry that it's about them. It's a personal brand. It's an authority and they've made it all about them. So how do you build a team? How do you get people to follow you when it's all about you? And it's about, it's the you show. And that will be a ceiling for some, for most people at some point in time. And so the eight figure for me is continuing to expand the thinking of the vision, the thinking bigger, the bigger vision. How big can this get? How big am I willing to let it get? And it can't get there on its own. It can't be me. There's a ton of letting go a letting go of responsibility, a letting go of it, of control, which is an illusion anyway, of letting go of how it needs to be. Literally having many digital CEOs in my business that are running completely different departments. This year we have now eight coaches. Now we have a head coach that we're putting in that's going to be coaching the coaches. A year ago, it was just about, ooh, can I bring on coaches? Now it's, can I have somebody else coaching and leading the coaches? I mean, it's completely bigger vision, deepening the letting go. And that's the difference. And so today I look at to bring that down into what you would see if you were watching a video camera, if you were, if we were watching a movie of my day, the difference eight, 10 years ago was you film me the day in the life of, and you see a guy in front of his computer for 12 hours a day. He's trying to build a website and connect his email autoresponder and responding to a thousand emails and, uh, (laughs) and working 
really long and really hard. And then you wonder why I keep mm-hmm. saying over and over again to all of our students, the less you do, the more you'll make. The less you'll do, you more, the more you make. The more you want to work at a $5 an hour position, that's great. Don't expect a million dollar business. And so today there's no work, but I'm barely in front of my computer at all. I mean, yes, I'm doing a lot of podcasts right now, but I love it and I enjoy it. Here we are, we're doing podcasts right now. But I'm either on the phone working with someone on my team or putting together something. Maybe it's like, a partnership, a joint venture, a strategic deal, or I'm with, I'm with my team. I'm coaching them. I'm giving them what they need. I'm, you know, vision and values. That's my role. There's no work at all. And that's very fulfilling and very, very enjoying for me. I, I love that. That may not be what people want, but I had to look at what does an eight figure company need? And that's what most people are just not doing. They're saying, Oh yeah, I want a million dollars. And they're not even saying, well, what does the million dollar business want? Or more importantly, what does the million dollar business need? Does it need you, like just to use your example, Fernanda, does it need you, the CEO, spending half your day creating graphics in Canva? Nope, (laughs) nope. What is that taking you away from that the business really needs? And Mm. so the journey from this point I'm very clear on is, is just deepening that letting go, letting go of control, letting go of how it needs to be, letting go of responsibilities and giving that to other people. That takes a lot of faith, a lot of faith in your team, faith in your people, and being okay with them messing up, screwing up. Mm-hmm. I tell my team is mess up. The quicker you mess up, the quicker you'll never do it again. So rather you do but it what, now. Yeah. What scares you today, James? Like what rattles you? Do you ever have a like a the breakdown moment? Like just this is not for me. Like I <laughs> F it. I'm done with it. <laughs> um well that's a very interesting thing because a big part of it, the more you understand about beliefs and the stories we tell ourselves, the more that anything you like just comes out of your mouth, you can spot it. And Mm -hmm. so if you're in a fear, you're in a belief. You're believing a certain outcome. You believe it's gonna go a certain way. And so I can catch it. So I still get afraid, but I catch it very soon. So what does scare me would be like what we start to craft as our 10-year vision. And that's intentional is when we sit down every year, we look at the 10-year vision. And then, of course, the 10-year vision gets closer and closer as you move out forward into the future. And the 10-year vision used to scare me a lot at the beginning of this year as it does now. And isn't that interesting how over time, as you sit with that future version of you, you get a little bit more comfortable with it. And I don't want to get into the specifics of my 10-year vision too much, but in a general sense, it's a much more mainstream, nationwide, and maybe beyond nation, but, but, you know, facilities and trainers and corporate and environment and stuff like that. Mm, And, um, that's a, that's about all I'm saying about the vision right now, because I'm not very public with that yet. So it's, it's very public to my team and my wife Mm. and myself. And we talk about all the time, but when that first came out of me, it scared the freaking pants off of me. And that's when I knew. So I've at least trained myself. Oh, that means it's good. That means that means we're on the right track. All right. Can I ask you just then in that moment when you catch that fear, that, you know, that freak out moment. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of talking about that a little bit now. But what is your thinking? What, what do you say to yourself? Like, why do you stay resilient? What is your inner monologue there? Well, I'm just obs- so I'm so the, the biggest thing is I'm observing it. And I'll give you a real specific example in a moment to something else. A real simple thing. But I'm observing it. I'm like, whoa. Like I, I, I don't always observe it in the moment. It's usually like a moment passes and I'm just like, okay, that was like really, yeah, I was really kind of freaking out. I was like, I was scared there. And you like, I even notice physically, where do I feel that fear? And, and so by observing it, 
and they create mm. some separation. Mindfulness in action. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. so I was really, really afraid of that. And then I kind of would ask myself a question like, well, why was I afraid? What was it specifically that I was afraid of? And then I say, that really excites me. Okay. This is key. It really excites me that I'm up to something that right now scares the crap out of me. And so if you took excitement and fear and put them in a blender, you'd have exhilaration. And exhilaration is such an amazing feeling to feel. Exhilaration is that feeling you feel when you're on a roller coaster. You're going up it mm. and it's like slow, 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 up, up, up. And you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then you go down and you're like, <laughs> woohoo! That's living life. Exhilaration is an emotion that tells you that you're alive and that you're up to something that's like getting you evidence of discovering what you're made of. Like, this is what I'm... What else am I capable of? What else can I do? What else? What else? What else? What else? And that's living. That's becoming yeah. alive as exhilaration. And so I've re- that inner growth. Totally. But I've just reframed fear to be this is exhilaration, which means I'm alive. And where else most people say is fear means bad. Fear means it's going to fail. Fear means danger. Stay away. Yeah. I just changed it. So a great example is. I started going to a float tank. Have you ever done a, a float tank or an isolation chamber or anything like that? No, I haven't. I have a friend of mine. She keeps talking about it. It's awesome. So Yeah, yeah. She probably raves about it, right? So an actual fear I have is claustrophobia. Like, I just don't like enclosed tight spaces. I just, like, I feel a little uncomfortable. And so when I first heard about a float tank, I was like, yeah, no way. And then over time, and by the way, we have one right across the street. I'm looking at it right now. It's that close to my office. Like, it's right across the street from me. And, you know, the more I was like afraid of it, the more I was like, well, that means I've just got to do it. I've just got to conquer the fear. I've just got to do it anyways. Because if I'm afraid to do this, where else in my life am I letting fear control my life? Where else am I saying no to things that I want? And that's the thing. It's it's the difference between like things you're afraid of that you're like, you don't want to do. Like, I don't really want to swim with sharks, right? So, and I'm afraid of that. So, I don't like that might be a line for me, but what about the things in your life that you want to do, but you're afraid of them? And I was really excited by all the things I was hearing about the results people were getting from a float tank and I wanted to do it, but I was afraid. So when the butt is there, I'm like, therefore I need to, because we need to conquer mm-hmm. these little micro fears. And so I did it. I actually have an appointment today for one and I love it. The first time I did it. Yeah. It was really tough for me for the first 15 minutes. Like I was like getting a little anxiety from it. I mean, because it's an actual physical thing. Like you're enclosed in a small dark space, like submerged in water. And you know, it's, it's can be panicky for a lot of people at first. Um, then you realize, well, wait a second, just like everything else in our business, the fear isn't real. I was like, wait a second, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid this is going to collapse on me? Am I afraid I'm going to drown in eight inches of water? (laughs) Like, what am I actually afraid of? And then you just let it go. And all of a sudden you're in there for an hour and it feels like 10 minutes and it was like the most enjoyable, relaxing, amazing experience ever. And we realized, wow, what else in our life is just, that's amazing is waiting on the other side of these little fears that we have or these big fears. And we're not willing to go through that fear to find out what's on the other side. And I just refuse. I refuse to settle. I refuse to be hiding. I refuse to live mediocre and be controlled by fear. And so today it's, well, if that's the case, I'm going to look for it. I'm going to find it. I'm going to notice when there's fear 
and then I'm going to do it. And that is freedom. Like that's freedom because you're, you're free to do what you want. You're free to put yourself out there. And I mean, that's what everyone's after. That's the hilarious joke. Everyone says they want to start a business because they want freedom, but they're so afraid of what everyone will think about them. They're so afraid of what others will say. They're so afraid of the criticism and judgment. How hypocritical. You want freedom so bad, but you're the only one that's imprisoned yourself. Mm. You're the only one keeping yourself prisoner. Prisoner to this invisible bars called judgment, criticism, what they'll say, what they'll think. You're the only one putting yourself in that prison cell. You can break yourself free at any time you want. It's just on the other side of that fear. Nothing's no every I always joke. You've heard me say this, I'm sure on our coaching calls and stuff where someone's like, I was so afraid to do a Facebook live. I did. I was so afraid to do my webinar. And I finally did. And I was like, good. Now just checking. Did anybody reach through your computer and try and punch you in the face? <laughs> no. Okay, good. Just checking. So there really was nothing bad happened, right? Even if you messed it up, nothing bad actually happened. Nope. Okay, good. Just checking. Yeah. So there's nothing to be, you know, actually threatening your life there. The fear is definitely real but there's actually nothing to be afraid of. So anyways, okay. I hope that answers your question. Totally. And that was lesson number 11, you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We gave you a <laughs> bonus here. We gave yeah. you a bonus. Well, look, this, Fernanda, this has been amazing. I'm going to recap these really quickly because this has been a long episode. It's a doozy, but I appreciate you guys staying with us this long. So Fernanda is sharing 12 months of working with me and working in her own business. The lessons that she saw, the lessons that she learned, only work with ideal clients, number one. Number two, to really see and acknowledge people and their potential. Number three, to speak to people's beliefs. The question behind the question. Number four, to not take on the responsibility for your student and your client's results, that they are still responsible for their own lives. Number five, only work in your zone of genius. Operate from what you were put here to do only. Number six, be coachable. Number seven, don't do this alone. Have the team. Focus on the values, not the skills. Number eight, develop the power, the mastery to create your own money. Number nine, listen to that inner wisdom, that voice within, whether that means going to the future, which I love, or just listening and being guided, that intuition understanding and accepting you have all the answers you need already inside of you. You just need to know how to access it. You need to know how to listen. And number 10, to ask great questions. These are amazing. I, again, I had no idea what Fernanda was going to share. And the last thing I want to say here, what I really want to end this episode on is although Fernanda has titled this, the 10 things she learned from James, she was, in this program with a lot of other people. And they would maybe say, someone might say, I didn't learn anything. And someone could have said, I didn't learn any of these. Someone could have said, I only learned one of these. I learned half of these and maybe others. I'm hoping there are others that learned all of these as well and said, oh yes, that was very true. I learned that as well. But the point is, is that even though Fernanda is trying to give me credit, thank you for teaching these to her, her growth, her breakthrough year is a result of her being, yes, a great coachable student, but at the end, she was her own teacher. She's the one who chose to teach herself these lessons, to really learn these herself. She saw the writing on the wall. She saw each and every one of these. 
that is all on her. It goes back to one of the lessons. Number four, she's responsible for these lessons. She's responsible for what she learned because she is her own teacher, not me. And all of this should speak volumes about her. Nothing about me, really. Really, though. Really. And all about her because she chose to see this. And that's, that's what it takes. That's what it's going to take from each and every one of you listening is to be your own teacher, to choose to find the lesson, to see the lesson. It's right there in front of you. If you want to pick it up, if you want to use it, if not, that's fine too. But if you're waiting for the big giant neon sign and you want to throw money at someone to give it to you, you know, you still got to pick it up. You still got to see it. So well done, Fernanda. No wonder you had such a breakthrough year. (laughs) (laughs) So any final words, any final thoughts before we wrap this mega episode up? Oh my God. Uh, no, I, I don't think so. In the sense that I'm just, just listening to you even now, just what you're sharing and and, and uh, adding to the conversation. And I mean, it just proves. I mean, you're a great mentor, and I'm just. I feel very humble and honored and grateful that I got to be a part of of this year and to to get to experience that firsthand and learn from that. And, and yeah, even I, I totally understand and hear what you're saying that we are fully responsible for picking up these lessons and kind of reading between the lines and listening towards it, maybe what is behind what you're saying. And definitely, but it also does take a great leader, a person who is willing to show up for these lessons and, and kind of show them to us, right. To invite into that conversation. So Thank you, James. Thank you so thank much. You. And thank you for your, you know, this time today, this conversation. I am so grateful to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate this. This was a pleasure. This was a treat. This was really exciting. It was really just awesome to hear this all like reflected back and hear your perspective of things. And I hope you guys all chose to see the value in everything that Fernanda shared with you today. It's just amazing. So I definitely, as per usual, want to hear your guys' feedback. Shoot me a message, a DM over on, on Instagram. Let me know. What was your favorite? What was your top lesson? What was the one that you're going to really take on and practice? What are you going to start with? Maybe one or two. And let me know. So thank you, Fernanda. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in, for hanging out. And we'll be here again. Another episode coming your way on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.